listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series today. We're going to talk about wellness. I like this so much. For church workers. Yes. Great it's topic. Looking forward to digging into this topic. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today for The Coffee Hour, Deaconess Dr. Tiffany Maynard. She's Managing Director for Human Care and Ministerial Support and Director of Life Ministry for the LCMS Office of National Mission. I think we put that all in one card, right? <laughs> That's a lot of words. It is. Is that how you introduce yourself? <laughs> to every person. Just, just Tiffany most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so glad to have you on. And, and just a little a little plug for another podcast you find mm. here on KFUO. Oh, yeah. Friends for Life. So we talk about all kinds of things related to life and health and family on Friends for Life. It's a great podcast. And there's a season two that has just dropped a little bit ago. Not also. too long ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Season two um, focused on um, sexuality and specifically Christian sexuality. So we're really mm-hmm. excited about that season. Great stuff. Very good. You can find it at KFUO.org on the KFUO app. Anywhere you get podcast friends for life. Yeah, it's a great podcast. Yes. Also joining us today, Ken Krieger. He's vice president and chief customer officer for Concordia Plans. Ken, welcome back to the coffee hour. Thank you, Andy and Sarah. It's good to be here again. You were on not too long ago, and I was out of the studio at that time, so I missed out on the fun conversation with you. did. But I was blessed to be able to work with Sarah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And and talk about, and and, and really, it's what you were talking about that day is is certainly an important part of caring for church workers and worker wellness as well. With uh, Yeah, when you go through all the surveys about uh, what workers care about, finances are always at the top. And so Ministry Focus is an RSO that provides loan repayment assistance grants to pastors, teachers, deaconesses, all types types of uh, church workers who are on the roster. And so far since 2015, we, through the grace of God and the generosity of his people, we've been able to award 258 grants, totaling uh, $645,000. Wow. It's amazing. Which then makes so much of a, a difference for church workers, especially those who have student debt. Yes. <laughs> Which is many of them. Right. right. <laughs> Most yep. of them. Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about church workers. Both of you are church workers. Let's, let's hear your story. Tiffany, let's start with your story. When did you first start thinking about becoming a deaconess? Oh, yeah. Well, so I'm a second career church worker. My first career was in business, specifically marketing. And I really didn't think ever about being a church worker until my husband decided to go to seminary. And it was like, oh, whoa, this is a significant change. I I married a businessman. I'm a Christian Lutheran businessman, but now we're taking the kids and we're moving off to seminary. And at the time it was, oh, this would be nice. You know, our our whole family's all in for serving the church. And and so I had a couple of positions in in the church rather than in my first career in the for-profit sector. And what I found in serving in, in my roles, I, I was on staff at Concordia Seminary, and I served at a, a congregation in a school. I, I wasn't feeling very well equipped. It was kind of a, this is great. I love serving in the church, but boy, I, I feel like I'm constantly asking the pastors I work with, you know, can you help me with this? I'm not sure if I'm saying this the right way. Will you take a look at this Bible study? And I heard about um, the deaconess program and sort of exploring what that would mean, studying theology and uh, learning the Bible better. And so that was that was really my goal initially was I, I wanted to study the scriptures. Didn't really ever intend to be called as a deaconess or serve in a, that specific role of, of sharing mercy with God's people and with all people, those who are lost as well. But as I learned more about the vocation of deaconess, it, it opened up so many 
new ways of serving that I had never encountered before and just really kind of fell in, in love with mercy work in general. So it, it's not a typical story. I, I never actually thought I would be called as a deaconess. I never thought that I would be serving in that professional position in the church. But God had other things in mind, and here I am serving in, in my third call as a deaconess. Which is just awesome. I love hearing those stories about, you know, when people are like, I have I have this plan for my life. And God's like, actually, no, I, I need you to serve in this place and this time to these people. And that's just, that's really great to hear that that journey, your yeah. journey into deaconess work. It was it was really the church, you know, people who, who said, you know, we, we think that your gifts could be good use in this place and doing this type of thing. So, yeah, I've had some really amazing experiences and never would have dreamed in a million years where God would have taken, has taken me and, and who knows what he has next in store for me as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Ken, what about you? What's your story of, of becoming a church worker? Well, when I was a young boy, I was the oldest grandchild, and we would have family Christmas gatherings. And so I would lead a worship service, complete with a sermon. <laughs> I love <laughs> and it. I'm talking about eight, ten years old. But uh, <laughs> in fact, when I went to the first two years of high school, I still thought I was going to be a pastor, and I wanted to become a pastor in the Wisconsin Synod. So I ended up going to a high school about 30, 35 miles away just so I could learn Latin and German. Wow. But after a couple of years, we moved away to Minnesota, and my dreams changed as well. Well, fast forward a few decades, and I was serving as a president of our church and school in Tempe, Arizona. And a pastor was unavailable for a certain weekend. Our associate pastor was unavailable for that same weekend. So they came to me and said, listen, I know you can't preach, but can you talk? Uh, <laughs> so I did. And I, I told about, well, I told a sermon or a little speech. And after it, after both services, people came up to me and said, you missed your calling. And so I was at a point in my career in my life where I wasn't really sure which direction I was going to go. And we went home that afternoon and um, uh, Amy and I were in the swimming pool. And I said, well, you know what? Maybe this is what God wants me to do. And uh, thankfully, we prayed about it and discerned something. And importantly, I married up. Um, <laughs> although she hates when I said that because then she wonders what she did. <laughs> but that's the basic story of coming to Concordia Seminary also as a second career church worker. Mm -hmm. And now you're doing all kinds of things as well with Ministry Focus, with Concordia Plans, all of your, your wide variety of talents in service to the church, which is really wonderful. You know, I appreciate your comment earlier, but you never know what God has in store for you because I came to mm -hmm. seminary as a second career pastor to serve in a parish. And I got to do that for a whopping 18 months <laughs> <laughs> wow. before I was asked to come back to St. Louis first for the Lutheran Federal Credit Union and now for Concordia Plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of great stuff. And both of you are involved in some aspect of health and wellness, worker wellness. Ken, you with Concordia Plans and Tiffany with all of the mercy work, the, the care that human care, spiritual care that, that you're involved in. Why is worker wellness important to both of you? Start with Tiffany. You know, I, I've seen it lived out in the lives of the workers I've, I've served alongside with, classmates from seminary, both my husband's classmates and, and mine, how being well to serve in, in both body and soul is so important. I, mean, I often say there's a symbiotic, uh, a, a mutual relationship between the health and well-being of the church worker and the health and the well-being of the congregation or the ministry that they serve. And so that's really how it became so important to me. I in our family, wellness has always been important to us, but then seeing broadly how it impacts the entire church, how the workers are, are well, or the, the lack of wellness in their lives, and, and how um, that can really be detrimental to more than just an individual or a family, but to the entire uh, body of Christ, really. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm going to echo pretty much everything Tiffany said because it's inherently important to that individual to be well, Mm -hmm. right? And we want to take care of people. Uh, Jesus came with a, a ministry of healing. (laughs) <laughs> but beyond that, it also is encapsulated in a tagline you've seen for Concordia Plans for many years. You need to be well to serve well. And so as we do our work at Concordia Plans, we think of it kind of as a multiplier ministry. Because as we can take care of a workers, whatever their ministry may be, they can go forth, focus on that, and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. So let's talk about what that wellness for workers means. What is worker wellness? Well, we've already touched on that, and, and oftentimes we hear people describe it as being well in both body and soul. You know, there's there's a fuller explanation of that that we have in the Lutheran Wellness Wheel, and that was something developed over 25 years ago now. A bunch of experts in health and wellness, Lutherans, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod experts in these topics, who got together and they created a graphic, a way of describing what all these various facets that lead to wholeness and wellness in both body and soul are. And I, it, it's a circle, you know, it, it's a, a wheel shape, but I like to describe it as a, as a spinning top. So <laughs> I think, you know, if you think about the, the tops that you know, kids play with, you know, they, mm. they like pump them and they you know, set them off on a flat surface and they go spinning until something causes them to fall over. Well, the Lutheran wellness wheel at the, the core of our wellness, at, at the core of our identity is our, our baptism, right? So our baptismal identity is where our, our wellness is, you know, really that 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 core, that's, uh, uh, there's probably some scientific term for the, the point <laughs> of the top that causes, you know, it to to balance and spin. That's our baptism. And then there's these other facets of well-being, like you know, your physical well-being, our, our bodies. And, and we know that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. But but then it goes on, you know, emotional, emotional wellness and relational wellness where uh, God's given us to each other and, and he's put us in relationship in, in communities. Our vocational wellness, our intellectual wellness, our financial wellness, you know, that ministry focus is an important aspect to the financial wellness for church workers and as a salary and, you know, really being stewards of God's gifts. So, you know, these these various facets all kind of bleed into and impact one another. And that's part of the wellness wheel. Now, oftentimes, if you, if you see a graphic around wellness, you'll see spiritual wellness as like one piece of the pie or one aspect. Well, for Lutherans, our spiritual wellness, our spiritual well-being is impacted by all the other facets. So in our analogy of the spinning top, spiritual wellness is like the whole casing of it. So we can, uh, you know, be wound up and spinning away. And if everything is balanced and well in our lives, we just keep on moving, keep on going and growing. But if something is out of balance, well, what happens when you're at spinning top and you're off balance? You fall over and you stop and the movement stops. So that's, you know, one way of describing what worker wellness is. I'm, I'm sure that can have some better ways to describe it than my little child's oh, toy. But <laughs> I don't think I can top that. <laughs> oh, dad, dad joke. Dad joke, dad pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with everything Tiffany has said. And what I really appreciate is how she emphasized the spiritual nature of it. It's not one-seventh of the wheel, right? It's all over the wheel. Everything comes back to the spiritual nature. You know, as Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. And so we should take care of them. And that includes, by the way, just as God rested on the seventh day, he commands us to do the same thing. It's not, it's to pray, praise, and give thanks to our God, our creator, but it's also to take a rest, to make sure that we are restored so that we can continue on in our vocations. Yeah, having that 
having that rest certainly is important. And sometimes we, as church workers, forget to rest because Mm -hmm. we have so much to do and we're doing the Lord's work. So it's very easy to forget to care for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then the top falls over, the, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the wheel gets off centered and then everything just um, gets really challenging. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. We're talking about church worker wellness today, and we'll continue the conversation as part of Set Apart to Serve series here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series today with Deaconess Dr. Tiffany Maynard and Ken Craker, learning about wellness. Now, we've we've established um, a nice visual image to help us <laughs> understand, you know, representation to help us understand what wellness looks like for church workers and realizing that the the, the spiritual aspect is not one part of the wheel, but is really the whole person. And all these other aspects make up part of that whole wheel as well. But the, the spiritual aspect, when, when one part is out, then it, it really throws everything off center and the spiritual aspect being the whole person as well. So there are, as we're talking about worker wellness, why is it so important for us to, to always to always be mindful of worker wellness and to have uh, a number of, of resources to contribute to worker wellness. Why is this important? Well, the first reason why it's important is because it's important to our Lord. Mm-hmm. So God has uh, designed us to be gifts to one another. And this goes beyond, it you know, transcends whether one is a, a rostered church worker in a um, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, or a member of Concordia Plans. Uh, but, you know, God has, has given us to one another. We're made up as members of the body of Christ. And he allows us to bear one another's burdens and to care for one another. Um, we see this in, you know, Galatians chapter 6 and and other places in Scripture. But then also he very specifically in Scripture references the the workers in in his kingdom out in the harvest fields. And 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 18 references the worker being worthy of their hire. And, you know, it's specifically talking about pastors in in that passage. But, you know, he's he's saying there the financial well-being of of workers is also very important. There's a, a lot of ways we could describe it but you know really you know our, our lord has prioritized our, our wellness we, we talked about a stewardship of the finances he gives us we're, we're stewards of the bodies he's given us as well and you know for the lutheran church missouri Synod specifically for many many years in, in our um, conventions and in, in our uh, gatherings where we decide what our priorities for the church, worker wellness has always risen to the top. Um, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod has seven mission priorities, and worker wellness is one of them. And we didn't 
decide that in a, a meeting in a conference room in a building in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. That was a church speaking with one voice through the convention process to say, look, these 21,000 workers that we have across the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod are all important, and we need to prioritize their well-being so that they can um, serve our Lord, his people, and proclaim the gospel. Yeah, I would add, Andy, it goes back to a comment you made earlier about, oh, I'm a church worker. I need to continuously work. I can't stop Mm -hmm. now because the kingdom is at risk. Well, we as a synod came together with the idea that we need to take care of workers. And uh, we follow the Lord's example of taking some time to rest, right? But we do understand that uh, God also commands us that whatever we do, do to our best so that glory glorifies and honors God, right? And so worker wellness is important to us, one, to take care of individuals, but two, again, for the ministry and the mission of the church to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. So we we focus on it because we care about people individually, and I don't want that just to be lost. You know, we care about every single person, but we also care about God's kingdom, about helping more, helping the faith of more people to be strengthened and helping more people to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So that's why worker wellness matters. Mm-hmm. It's a very gospel proclamation that continues through individuals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there's several organizations within Synod that uh, focus on worker wellness. We've got Office of National Mission, Set Apart to Serve, Concordia Plans, District Presidents. Is there, do these groups work together? Is there collaboration that happens between these different groups? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because caring for workers isn't just a responsibility that belongs to one entity or one organization. Uh, you know, the, the care certainly does come from all the ones that you mentioned. You know, Ken and I are here representing specific organizations, the Office of National Mission, and, you know, he's already referenced the Recognized Service Organization Ministry Focus. There's there's other RSOs, mm-hmm. Shepherds Canyon, you know, some other regional RSOs, you know, the Lutheran Church Extension Fund has Grace Place. There, there's a lot of organizations, but we we all work together, right? So there's the, a ministerial care coalition that has been formed by the districts that have representatives who meet together to, to focus on worker well-being. There's there's all kinds of support and care provided throughout the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And there are times where we interact with other church bodies as well. There was a caregivers forum not too long ago that a number of our entities went to and, and learned from other uh, church bodies and other organizations as well. But, you know, but in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, Concordia Plans has a very important role and been given a lot of responsibility through you know the, the bylaw responsibilities, board of directors and things like that. So Ken, I'm, I'm sure, can provide a lot more detail there. Yeah. So, you know, Concordia Plans was really an idea that came about decades ago, part of the idea that we need to care for our workers. And it has evolved over the years, but it provides both the financial services of retirement programs, right, but also the health and wellness, whether you're talking about the Concordia Health Plan or you're talking about disability or you're talking about just worker education on wellness opportunities. So we've been blessed. We provide services to the majority of LCMS ministries and with this idea that we want to be two things. And it's a little bit of a balance because on one hand, we want to be a a ministry partner, but we also want to be a worker advocate. And you would wonder why does that need to be in balance? Well, one's the employer and one's the employee. (laughs) But we're all united in the same mission, right? As I mentioned a couple times already about proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. But we go out there and we try to do both of those roles by providing services that allow people to serve well. And what's interesting, the way we provide those services as opposed to some other providers, is that other providers come in and they'll provide services for a brief period of time, maybe a few years, maybe even five, and then they go and find someone else. 
else. For us, especially for the rostered workers, we believe that those are people for their entire careers. So we want to take care of them and we emphasize preventive care so that we don't get to the acute care stage. And our numbers on the people who have our claims history compared to other providers is really good because of that emphasis on prevention. So again, that's part of that worker wellness. Let's not try to heal you after you're already sick. Let's keep you well now. What is that? What does that take to keep workers? I mean, we have a lot of workers and we're all Americans. Americans don't always have the healthiest habits. What what does that take? Like you mentioned, you know, preventative action in order to uh, keep our workers well so that we don't have to get to the point of repairing things that are broken, (laughs) fixing things that are sick. So the easy answer is education, right? Mm -hmm. But we still know, uh, most people know that smoking and drinking are bad for you, but people do it, right? So education isn't the only answer. Sometimes there have to be incentives as well. One example would be a vitality program that we provide that really measures your activity Mm -hmm. and rewards you financially for the more activity that you do. So that's a way of incentivizing people. The other thing it takes is access. So for example, we have uh, an employee assistance program that actually has a utilization rate that's twice the national average. And so we're very proud of that because mental health is a great concern for the workers who are clearly under a lot of stress, especially since Mm -hmm. always in their careers, but especially since the pandemic. But in the next year, we'll be launching even more programs to expand the access to these mental health programs. And the reason for doing it, again, is first and foremost to take care of individuals on their needs. But also mental health leads to a lot of physical health issues down the road. So again, if we expand access to new mental health services, we should be able to also help them with their acute care problems down the road. That that prevention, that care now to keep workers well now, yeah, so valuable mm-hmm. so that in the future we continue to have healthy workers. And when we have healthy workers, others see that as a, a realistic vocation as well as we talk about set apart mm-hmm. to serve. We want workers to be well because we want others to consider church work as well. If we have a bunch of workers who are worn out and not healthy, not well, who would want to be a church worker, right? (laughs) (laughs) So we certainly want to take care of them. We want them to be well. Let's talk a little bit more about how all of these groups work together. Is there an alliance? We have formed a church worker well-being alliance group um, over the past year, and uh, that's really the uh, district representatives. We've got district presidents involved, Concordia Plan Services, uh, some of the mission units in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, like Pastoral Education, um, the Office of National Mission uh, that make up the, the Worker Wellbeing Alliance Group. And really, our, our goal is to align our strategies. So that's why it's in the title, the Alliance Group. We're, we're aligning our strategies, our our existing programs and, and resources, you know, developing new tactics and, and things as well. But the, the point is to all be pulling in the same direction together and um, with that you know there's there's really two emphasis you know the personal stewardship of the workers we talked about the individual you know ken has, has emphasized how that is so important that we we care for people whether they're a worker or not and you know really for these workers as they're stewarding god's gifts to them they're their health, their well-being, their, you know, their their families and their finances, all kinds of things are stewarding. How does that worker make 
good decisions? How are they taught and how are they, they, they learn? And then it, it, it that manifests in all of the facets of the, the wellness wheel, whether that's, you know, physical, emotional, relational, vocational, intellectual, and, and financial. So that's, that's one aspect. But then also we're focusing too on equipping lay people to understand that it's their vocation to provide care for the workers. One thing I always like to point out, you know, I've already mentioned the bearing burdens together in Galatians 6.2. I, I think that is a great summary verse too for Concordia plans, by the way, that we're, we're all together caring for the, the workers and bearing burdens together through our participation in Concordia plans. I think every congregation, every ministry should be a part of Concordia plans. But that's you know what the Alliance group is doing as well. One of the things I really like about the work of the Alliance is the second part that Tiffany mentioned. Um, we've talked about the need to care for individuals and the need for worker wellness. But what this Alliance is doing differently in the, than in the past is it's also understanding we need to equip lay leaders mm-hmm. with, one, the awareness and understanding of the importance of worker wellness, but, two, with tools so they can actually do something. And I think this is what's going to make the outcome or the output of this alliance or this task force, so to speak, different than what may have come previously. Well, I'm glad to hear about this collaboration, this working together um, in the alliance uh, to to continue caring for church workers. Uh, I've learned a lot today uh, about how worker wellness is important in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and what that means not only for our current church workers, but also for future church workers as well. This is really important. Well, thank you both for spending some time with us today. I need to go because I need to go to the gym so I can get my vitality points. <laughs> I already rode my bike to work today, so Good job. I already got mine. <laughs> I'll be going to the gym with my son this afternoon so that we can get in our vitality points today. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, teaching us, helping us learn about church worker wellness. Thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Deaconess Dr. Tiffany Maynard with the LCMS Office of National Mission. Thanks for being our guest. Thanks for having me on. And the Reverend Ken Creeker with Concordia Plans. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.